Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Wednesday, May 11th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they're important. The legislative session is winding down in Columbia for the year. We'll take a look at where a few things are. Charleston takes another step forward on the Ashley River pedestrian bridge. Charleston area police are investigating a few incidents where people died during police calls or while in care of local law enforcement. Emily Meggett never uses a cookbook, but she cooks for 15 people every day from her kitchen in Edisto Island. Now she has her own cookbook and a New York Times feature. Your eyes are not deceiving you this weekend if you see a big military warship tied up downtown. Those stories and more, starting now. A quick note on Best of Charleston 2022. Unfortunately, that darn Holy City Center took Best Local Podcast for this year. Uh, congrats to Christian, who runs the show over there, and to Nick Butler, who snagged runner-up for his excellent Charleston Time Machine podcast. Next year, y'all. Next year. The South Carolina legislature is wrapping up the substantive portion of the second year of its two-year session this week, which means some proposals are getting fast-tracked and others are getting left behind. Usually, the things that get fast-tracked are essential items for government to operate, like the budget or something like that, um, or items that have already passed the House or Senate and just need an okay by the other chamber. Here's what's on the fast-track. Abortion legislation. Not surprising. You heard Ann Warner from Wren talk about it on Monday. Uh, The Senate said it could come back this year, uh, later in the summer or in the fall, to consider legislation if Roe v. Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court. The House also has to approve uh, the resolution for the special session for that to move forward. Uh, Also, a so-called right of conscience bill passed this week in the Senate. Um, This one proposed by Senator Larry Grooms from Bono uh, near Charleston. Um, expands existing law that it re- that allows doctors to decline to perform medical procedures based on religious reasons. Critics say this could allow doctors to decline hormone treatments for transgender people, um, but su- but supporters say it's more general than that, according to the Post and Courier. And here are a couple things that are left behind. Uh, medical marijuana. The bill seems like it's dead for this year. Uh, at the very least, it has a very long shot at coming back in the next day or two. Uh, If you remember last week, the House killed the bill on procedural grounds, saying that a proposal that's been in the bill forever uh, violated the state constitution because it levied a fee to help pay for the structure it set up. And a hate crime law. Um, It passed the House last year. It was a big deal. The Senate has never really made much progress on it, though, Uh, not really given much attention at all. Uh, A few senators have holds on the legislation, which is allowed on the Senate side, um, without much explanation for why. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it's not going anywhere either. It has some bipartisan support too, but not enough. That bill, along with every other bill that doesn't pass before Thursday, will be dead at the end of the session, and we'll have to start the whole process again in January 2023. Charleston City Council voted Tuesday to provide a million dollars in hospitality fee money to make up a shortfall to build the bike pedestrian bridge across the Ashley River. The bridge would allow non-car drivers safe passage across the river, effectively bridging the gap between um, downtown and deep into West Ashley with the Greenway and the bikeway, um, with the safe routes to downtown without having to ride in the lane of traffic if you're going down the Greenway. Um, I'll note once you get downtown, though, 
still a little bit of work to do. Still a little bit of work to do for the bike ped safety. Um, the money will come from hospitality fees collected by the city. Uh, and the entire project is expected to cost about $42 million uh, with a bunch of local, state, and federal money all involved. Local law enforcement agencies are investigating three incidents in recent months involving deaths related to police business. One, North Charleston is investigating an incident where an officer is said to have ran over a man who had already been hit by a car on Dorchester Avenue in early March. Um, The agency said it started its own investigation to this incident on April 19th. Um, but the public didn't learn about it until a Posting Courier article on April 29th. A, a state agency said the man died from the initial impact on Dorchester, um, but the Charleston County coroner has not made that determination, according to the Posting Courier. The newspaper said it asked the North Charleston Police Department about this um, based on info from a tip. The officer's involvement in this was not public knowledge before that. Two, a Charleston County deputy collided with a car late Sunday on Savannah Highway, killing three people a mother and two daughters in their 20s. The deputy was reportedly responding to another call when that collision happened. Uh, Not much other information is available on it yet. Uh, Charleston County says it's investigating that incident also, as well as the policies that uh, were in place that may have contributed to that incident. Uh, And SLED and Charleston County Sheriff's Office are investigating the death of a man who suffered an apparent medical episode at the Alcannon Detention Center on Tuesday uh, and, and died. Um, no other information really is available on that as of Tuesday night. Now, I don't know anything more about these incidents than the newspapers do or than y'all do, um, but it's always good to remember to keep um, waiting for information on these cases where people die in police custody. Um, a lot of times, all the information doesn't come out until people start asking questions. So. That's what we're waiting on now. Emily Meggett is known as the matriarch of Edisto Island, famous for her traditional Gullah Geechee cooking that's been handed down through her family. Now, Meggett, who's 89, uh, has her first ever cookbook and is getting more of the spotlight that she deserves. Kim Severson from the New York Times has the latest tribute to Miss Emily, they call her, uh, upon the cookbooks released. It's in today's Times, and it's a great little visit with Meggett and the people around her, including those who pushed her to complete the cookbook, like uh, like Low Country Chef uh, B.J. Dennis. Emily Meggett cooks for uh, anyone who wants to stop by her house every day. Uh, they say if the side door is open, they know that there's food in the house. It's a it's a great little story. Also, you should check out um, Stephanie Burt's interview with Meggett on her Southern Fork podcast this week. Um, I've got links to the Time story and Stephanie's interview uh, in the show notes at nowcharleston.com. A quick note about that military ship you'll see downtown at the port this weekend. Um, so yes, there is a 513-foot U.S. Navy destroyer uh, down there named the Frank E. Peterson Jr. It's here to be commissioned on Saturday. Uh, Peterson was the first African-American pilot to fly in the U.S. Marine Corps and attain the rank of general in the Marines. Peterson doesn't have any specific ties to Charleston, but the military has used the city's port before for commissionings. Um, the last was the USS Charleston, and before that, the USS Ralph Johnson, um, which is named for a Charleston native. Um, the local VA hospital also is named for Ralph Johnson. Once the Frank Peterson is commissioned this weekend, it will sail to Hawaii, where it will be homeported at Joint Base Pearl Harbor, Hickam. One last thing to flag for you. 
I mentioned the Charleston Time Machine podcast. Well, the latest episode is timely for this week. Um, It's the 160th anniversary of Robert Small's successful attempt to steal the Confederate ship Planter on May 13th, 1862. Smalls was an enslaved man uh, who stole the ship and sailed uh, out of the Charleston Harbor that was being blockaded by the U.S. Navy um, and sailed the ship and his family to freedom um, just beyond the U.S. Navy blockade. In this week's show, the host, uh, Charleston Library historian Nick Butler, mines the archives to see if he can ascertain where Smalls lived while he was enslaved in Charleston. Smalls went on to serve in the Union Navy during the war, and then afterwards returned to his native Beaufort County, where he served in the state legislature and the U.S. Congress during Reconstruction in the late 1800s. You can check now charleston.com for links to the Charleston Time Machine show. That's all I've got for you today. If you have feedback for the show, you can leave a voice message, 843-474-1319, or email sam at nwchs.com. Uh, you can also rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. It's a big way to help. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. And to make sure you don't miss anything, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Friday with the next Now Charleston. Now Charleston.